Hi, folks. Here's Foss here with a little you station break. Hope you're enjoying the show You've so far. We'll resume here in a second. Podcast, uh, I'd hottest, like to invite you to come to my world. coaching, speaking, and training courses website. You can also see our new podcast so over there at Institute.com. Over there, you can find all the different stuff that we do for speaking engagements. If you'd like to hire me, training courses that we offer, and coaching for leadership, management, entrepreneurism, Podcasting, education roller coaster uh, with, with over 35 brain. years of experience now, here's your in business host, and running companies as CEO. Uh, and be sure to check out Chris Voss Leadership Institute.com. Now back to the show. The one thing I love about the book is you guys thanks for being here. Play by play, minute by minute, microsecond by microsecond. You talk about how you make decisions. You know, I feel like sometimes having the most amazing guests on the show. I feel like sometimes I'm in that fog of war that trying to make decisions and stuff. Uh, but you guys so are making there you go. Like, uh, we have millisecond uh, an amazing gentleman on the show. He's decisions got a really hierarchy YouTube channel and everything uh, else he, that, that go into the Air Force. Thing. And then He's you're giving his latest book that just came out book, May 23rd, 2023. Explaining what's going on in Afghanistan and in a dogfight or, fighter or some sort of operation that's going on. For and then you're translating into a business. Hazardly joins us on the show today. We can be talking to us about his latest And what's great is he's translated the brilliance of being a U.S. Air Force fighter pilot put it down into uh, because I loved it. And then, of course, the, min- board the minute by minute CEO is an entrepreneur, et cetera, et cetera. Tell us about some uh, of that. He's a U.S. Air you know, Force what goes fighter into that pilot who began where his career you have to flying the F-16 as a flight commander. He led his pilots into uh, combat during one, one of the most where you almost pass out during the war in Afghanistan. Such a speed there he flew you know, over 80 you can hit the combat missions if you want to. And became the only pilot to ever fly two different types of jets into combat. So, you know, that's amazing to hear. I really wanted to write it he was then handed, handpicked to fly the F-35, the most advanced and expensive weapons system in history, to, to be a part which was still in development at the time. The and uh, his latest role in active really, duty, he became the chief of training systems for the largest training base points, in the world, leading the development of new technology and teaching methods to train future fighters. He speaks and consults to organizations and social media accounts, reach over 290 million people annually. I just became one of his fans on YouTube and some of the exciting Roman stories. Welcome to the show, um, that, How are you? I'm doing subjects. great. That's so, a brilliant intro. Uh, let's so, see. Uh, thanks for having You're me. You're talking Thank about. You. It's an honor uh, to have you. We've had the, many uh, of the military gentlemen uh, and out. folks so, on the show, and the I've always been amazed. And the F-35, we can at, pull and I shouldn't be because there's a brilliance to our military and how we build leaders and how we are. 200 pounds, 230 with my gear on. If you've ever been um, in a roller coaster so, that does 3G, you, Thank you for your you know, service. does a loop, uh, pushes your head down, that's about 3Gs. Find you on Formula the One car is about 5Gs. Yeah, hazardly.com, that's with an S-H-A-S-A-R-D-L-E.com. It's almost like your arms are made of lead. Each arm weighs about 250 pounds. Just anywhere on social media, just type in hazardly. And it's pulling that blood out there. Out of your brain. There you go, yeah. The videos are fun. So after I fly, it looks like I'm going to go down the wormhole of your YouTube and just be watching and listening. Because there's something about fascinating about this. It sounds like you're me and the work that you guys do. Um, so this is your first you know, the thing book. is though, I mean, it's not, that's not book. too bad. So it's you know like what? a bruise so goes away after a couple of days and it was pretty, um, pretty difficult, pretty intense period like you talked brain, about. You lose uh, enough there. And so I was just kind of writing down some notes. You pass out at the speed you were flying. You like to fly the ground in about 20 seconds. It takes about 30 seconds to fully wake up from what we call a loss of consciousness. And so over the last 30 years, we've lost about one pilot. You know, it's just so intense. So we do a lot with the human being deployed and being combat. 
of staying in good and, physical uh, shape. Yeah, I never had any intention for anybody stuff. to read it. There you but, go. And uh, talk about some of the different decision-making aspects that you Memorial use. Day to I'm a little bit foggy on them, but there were the different things you talk about doing fast forecasting. You know, it, it really resonated uh, with people. The there was a and, teacher in the crowd who wanted me to come the decisions you need to make school. And so I started speaking at her school. You know, there's one story in the book about how you're trying to decide if you should land at a base or you should go for a refill tanker. You're dealing with fuel. And I, I interviewed a bunch of different people on there, special the last forces soldiers, astronauts. What the term is, but and, uh, basically, you got then people, you know, really started wanting me to write a you book. You got to say what you're going to do. I had written some of those stories from uh, from Tell Afghanistan, and so I kind of was able to uh, massage it. Yeah, sure thing. So the book you see in front of you, I break down some time. It was a six-year process. So a set over two hundred days, and it's over two years, five hundred days in a row, writing it. Able to take a single day off, but you're always having second and third order effects to every decision. So intense journey to be able to, to write better, that thing and uh, metaphor it down. for that. So went through nine First thing, iterations. If you're not able but, to assess, uh, really the proud of how it turned out. Never going to be able to really well so far. Make good decisions. There you go. Uh, you make a little bit of your upbringing. While, what, what got you into the Air Force? To what got you? What got the bug in you to want to fly? Now, yeah, so I went the to an air show when I was five really years impatient old, and organizations uh, saw Thunderbirds fly. So I saw the Blue Angels fly. It's tough to measure progress when you're back in the, the days when you could people want to in a cockpit jump of a jet. I don't think you can start really do that anymore, but uh, some sort of solution. So spending that assessment phase, blown breaking down the problems of really understanding just a five-year-old kid. That's that's true. A helmet on me, I look like a bobble second that's making decision. Or I knew that's what I wanted to do. And as fighter pilots, not a lot of outlets for that when you're a kid. If you want to be, you know, flying NFL. Player, extreme closure rates so you have to make but split second decisions. For me, I just but memorized all the facts about planning planes, for wars I that are watched years all the movies. Of course, so Top Gun mission there, planning process is a lot like project It really wasn't until I was a teenager that uh, I had a civilian fly so for the first time. I talked about in a, uh, power laws and one being able to understand the few key that, variables. It's, um, it's pretty much just a flying lawnmower as fighter pilots. So I was focusing on those few key variables that have an outside effect and power laws are hot place right now with kind of the movie that just came out. Familiar but, uh, with power it's, laws. It's One is like a exponential Bond, growth. So uh, people are familiar with that with compound interest. This, it's built into uh, another. Is uh, there's the a runway there that's turn, on the so top of a. Uh, we're all experienced with that. Have going to the gym for six months. You take uh, off. Your, your you know, right gains above the are going to start to, to, to start decreasing. And then long tail power laws. That's why after that, a few shows on Netflix do better. Really, everything else by the turbulence out there. Pareto's principle comes. So if you can identify, I wasn't great at sports. I wasn't great at single best tool for that. Do something together. We've had for thousands and, of years. Uh, just it really clicked. So if you can uh, grab so I, I the data for the that Air Force Academy, at, pretty got a letter see back from them. I should have known one of these power better because I just got the letter to the packet for uh, I was really excited. Uh, what choice you're going to pick? Opened so next after the assessment phase is choosing. Uh, we don't have solutions for you. Good luck with your endeavors. As fighter pilots, we have tactics like NFL playbooks. We have thousands of tactics that we can use. But sometimes we're developing these custom tactics. I talk about a story just in the book right behind the space planning of really. And uh, so the effect you're I thought, to I thought the dream was over there. And a few weeks later, I got another letter, that letter saying that I've so, been right on the, uh, the edge of most of warfare. It's been to this other school called New Mexico Military Institute. Enemy sends out planes. You send out planes. Enemy sends out tanks. You send out tanks. Where everybody goes to find And that's more of an attrition mindset. I spent a year there. Met one of the best instructors. Early 90s, culminating with Desert Storm. Actually, got a chance to get military transition to a second space before I went to the Air Force Academy. Really trying to figure out what is the effect you're uh, trying to drive got usually that's pilot training you know, taking out the energy grid or taking out the, the leadership history did you meet the aliens 
we do doing everything. So you never seen any of that, but I have seen a lot of. So that's where you see a lot of the the shock have and awe really? campaigns that have like yeah, in real life? pretty yeah. much in every war. Yeah, sense. I mean they're unidentified and flying objects. Another thing so with choosing, you know, it's kind of like really when you're driving across country, you'll see glints of light and weird things out in the distance. So the expected value is what is the good that's going to happen? How good is it? And what so is you the see all kinds of happening. random things as we're seeing now with all the weather balloons and things happened, like that that's that are in the news. So decision making is really just I don't know about any down to that. If you like can that. solve that yeah. equation, well, uh, let us know if you, you see can any consistently make the decisions. Decision. That'd be, that'd be now good the to see. problem is finding those probabilities and finding you know how much you enter this gauntlet to become an Air Force pilot. A lot of people don't like to guesstimate or forecast the system. What it's going to be to have trying wanting to be this. Consultants, I think what is it five years uh, before you even know if you're going to be a pilot with the Air Force? That, what's the percentage of people that actually you. get people, through the gauntlet? You know, get and get, get to a little averse to, to yeah, owning decisions. decisions you're always they like just outsource it and somebody else make those decisions. So I think really about in the book, in I ten people I make it into the Air Force people Academy. People need to come up from the Air Force Academy. A lot of people are on qualified, so they have like a heart murmur. Hold yourselves accountable because then you can bring in those outside tools, and they aren't physically qualified to fly. half of people by uh, aren't seeing what your assessment fly. is versus them um so or unfortunately if you are wrong was able see to why you're to fly and then um, understand how to get better in the future so finding that expected year and rupture my eardrum the day before just estimating oh, my uh, this what, big uh, flight physical because they uh, they know they have to be so and then lastly uh, being able the to flight physical being able to go out there and execute on the decision where you're you have to sign is difficult we have a saying you don't so i knew i was stuck expectation and therefore the level of preparation so we go out physical do a lot of drum had to go through uh, a bunch training, of waivers. We do a lot of debriefing, uh, and that's a whole got the, discussion. Uh, all we can have that. Want, but really, but, being able uh, to boil everything down. Then you go to what's called introductions to flight, the principles uh, for training how to get better. And so and you're just flying uh, like little Cessnas. They're twice. Really, my understanding is we've got another Air Force about twenty percent of people wash out there. Interview you make it to pilot training out next month. And you start off with about thirty people in your class. And I remember the first day they had a pep talk by the base commander. He came in. He said, "I want you to." Right. I'll close your eyes. Correct. Yeah. Now, when we fly, we we'll want to fly, fight we'll fly for, of course, generally about an hour and a half in a training said, environment. That's all the fuel we have. And I open my eyes. All 30 people uh, in combat. It can raised. be, he said, it can be five. Two of you will probably get 10 hours. The rest of uh, you sometimes even longer. We'll be so, lucky if you fly. Uh, training pennies, going out, uh, flying are, just for a little uh, bit. ISR, we come back and we'll spend two to six hours in aircraft, other types of And so we're going through everything that we did wrong. And he said, good luck. Sometimes we'll listen to the same radio call 10 times just to figure out how we can. And after that, it was game on the next time. And you know, you want to be helpful. You know, we'll do that for so individual kind of debriefs when it's just two of us going out. And we'll do it when helpful. I think the biggest misconception of air combat only is a few people are going to get just fighters. One v one cage so match. I think out of kind of thirty like people, gun, you're just sending you're out four F-18s, and they're going to take on the world. But amazing! It's really one of my favorites. It's like a P hundred aircraft going out all at the same time, but a really complex. All the aircraft are different and have different capabilities. So it's what we call multi-domain. Three people washed out there on the ground. You have assets in the ocean. People got selected to fly the T thirty eight. So those are the people that have potential fighter cyber The rest. So it's this big T1, which is kind of like a business dimensional puzzle that and, you're trying to solve. Uh, so of so, those seven, now uh, you're flying we'll the have exercises like um, uh, what we call red flag. Supersonic where we bring trainer, everybody together, even international it's like a partners, flying lawn 
and we will really talk the sorties. Actually, one of the we'll toughest, come back uh, if we're doing still a, that I've ever a night bowl. So we'll usually and do two. Only, um, I think I think two like three of us got selected to fly the F sixteen, but you're not done yet. So and then the night bowl will come back at about midnight. Other school college introduction to secure debriefing facilities until about seven or eight to fly the F sixteen. My number one choice because there's no windows and you still have to go to these other facilities. Twenty percent of people watch that entire time. So I mean, debriefing, you know, it's pretty crushing to people that have made it all the way up to that point. And the thing about the debrief fail out is it's really not a stable. And you also have to go to the centrifuge where they spin you around. They don't really really fast, and you get people up to nine Gs. So. There are uh, really always a few guys we, that end up washing out there and having to go fly uh, other being able to aircraft. call so ourselves. And you finally make first, it to so you need a strong leader to, F-16 school, to say what uh, they did wrong. Course, and then everybody and else will even will slowly then about start to follow. It just takes one person at least back shirking blame. Um, so and then everybody starts by the end of this and doing that. So we have a couple of practices for that. Unfortunately, a nameless, rankless debrief. Yeah, well, congratulations. I mean, it's quite the gauntlet. I mean, you really have to be. The ultimate individual. The they reject me because I was fat and ugly. But that's you know, <laughs> been flying for thirty years. I don't think I've seen that happen. They were true. You know, the wing commander. But I didn't have those good looks. Environment. You know, sterile. That Nobody's sort of trying you know, to. You, I think you got to be really hot to insult be an Air Force uh, pilot. Pilot. Teacher, it's just how can we get better? That's the goal. So let me ask you this: What is the juice for you in flying for the Air Force? Flying these type of planes. What is the juice? What do you get off on? What is the walk around with a small black notebook and write down what I did wrong, and then whenever I fly a similar sortie was my Dream. The flight, so, I'll I mean, the first time I left after so I uh, don't make the same mistake. I mean, just, <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's so important. The smile on my face, I knew I had accomplished this 20 year goal and just feel the, the thrust in your chest as, as you're accelerating off, down uh, the you know, runway. Because, so, you know, if you're, if you're someone who's a leader or if you're an organization you in your normal life, you are blind spots or customers that you like to call them where you're just sitting on top of Well, you know, that was a big deal. We'll just put that behind us. You don't learn from it. So, it's just kind of a mind bending experience. You along and you're with your blinders on. Uh, so part know, of it is being it, able to do that. Part of it for is you guys, it was like getting a chance to serve in, my country and sort of fly and feel the battle. You know, in Afghanistan, uh, we were doing a lot of close air support, happen. so supporting uh, the troops but, on the you know, ground. The same is true and for business. It's, we were there it's during a pivotal time when ISIS was trying to take hold. Uh, and so the special forces soldiers out there, Army Rangers, Green Beret, and some other forces, they were doing a lot of high risk clearing operations. They would get into firefights, and you would be able to have a significant Effect we learned on that strategy. firefight. History. Used to be just two of us. Um, one thing that you guys talked about in your book was just that, and, uh, that calm, troops what I perceived as calm was being able to make able so many decisions to eliminate the threat and, and, and the balancing the and weighing of so many those, different things. Uh, we had voices. Fred Hayes so, uh, the, you know, it's a mix of things. Now I get Apollo to instruct on the show uh, and he talked about his pilots. book and, and it's so line that I really there's love. definitely an Never enjoyment to being able to early. pass along the and lessons that I've learned to them. And I think as you mentioned before, having that training and facility, in the book, that's what just kept me gripped is you're going through your whole decision process of like how much fuel I'm going to take, what can we do, we have, you know, our people being attacked. How can we retaliate? Uh, you know, what's, you know, this, 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 this is going on, that's going on. And then of course you're flying, you know, I don't know, a, a multi-billion dollar war machine that, you know, you just can't just eject. Then there's danger if you eject too in certain situations. And so the whole thing was enthralling. And of course you're going through these, this chess game in your head in like milliseconds. And I, I think I just fell in love with it. I was just like, holy shit, this is uh this is like, it was, it was just great juice to read. Well- well, I really appreciate that. And yeah, staying staying calm under pressure is one of the most important things to be able mm-hmm. to, to think clearly. And that's why the book is titled The Art of Clear, <laughs> clear thinking, thinking, because 
that's the ultimate compliment, professional compliment that you can give somebody that they are a clear thinker, not necessarily smart. Like we all know people that have a lot of information just kind of rolling around in their brain, but they're not necessarily, you know, clear thinkers making good decisions. And so that's, that's my job as a fighter pilot. When you boil everything down is to be a good decision maker. And uh, a big aspect of that is staying calm under pressure. We have another saying that uh, you lose 20 IQ points as soon as you put on your helmet. And that's because what looks easy right now at one G we're not moving at all. gets really difficult when you're in the heat of the moment and it's physically hot. Like if you're, yeah. uh, you know, in the, in the desert, it's, it's like 120 degrees as soon as you open up the cockpit and the cooling all goes to the radar, not you. So you're <laughs> drenched in sweat and you lose about five to 10 pounds every sortie, but more, more on point, you know, the heat of the moment when things are busy, when people are counting on you, when you show up to those firefights, you need to be able to detach and you have a wide vision. So I, I'm talking about physically pushing out your vision because as we, uh, the stress starts to increase, we start making mistakes, our vision starts to shrink. So you want to really push that vision out. We have, uh, you know, the most important thing is preparation, but we do have some other things, tools to, to help us breathing exercises, box breathing, five seconds in, hold five seconds, five seconds out, hold five seconds, activating the parasympathetic nervous system, things like that. Mm. Those are, you know, the cherry on top that, that can help your performance by maybe five, 10%. Number one thing is going to be preparation, but there are things you can do to, to help you detach and to be able to, to have that wide vision, that understanding of what's going on uh, below you. There you go. And you talk about the mental toughness in the book too. Uh, let's touch on that before we go out. Yeah, mental toughness is important. So that's something that the Air Force has really pushed the last five years is being able to stay in the present moment, visualization, self-talk, all those kind of squishy things. And of course, like I said, it, it comes down to preparation. You can't you know, just uh, shortcut that. So as long as you have the preparation down, now we're talking about small gains, 2%, 5% gains, which is still important. We'll spend all that time debriefing just to get 1% better. So uh, yeah, I think the, the self-talk, being able to coach yourself, being able to maintain your confidence is important. And that's kind of my job as an instructor. We get some really talented pilots here, but a lot of times they'll, they'll choke. So they'll be flying. They'll make a mistake with something, something stupid that they know how to do better. And they'll start thinking about that and it'll spiral. And so mm -hmm. they'll make another mistake and another mistake and the speeds were flying within a couple of seconds, what went from a good sortie will all of a sudden become dangerous. And so, you know, it's, it's part of my job to be able to help them coach them through that and to, to stay in the present moment. Don't worry about mistakes you're making right now. There's a set aside time to debrief. So that's another plug for the debrief to have a, a scheduled time for it. And if you don't have it scheduled, you probably won't do it. And if it's scheduled for 30 minutes, it'll probably be five minutes. So at least have like a 30 minute chunk of time scheduled after every important project or any project, but at least do the important ones. So you can say when you make a mistake, I'll worry about that later. I don't need to worry about it now. That allows you to use your full mental bandwidth to get yourself out of the problem that you're in now. So there's a lot of little tools and tricks like that. There you go. And I loved them. And they translate so well into business because, you know, you can be in business and maybe you can have a PR crisis and suddenly, you know, the whole world, you, you know, some videos gone viral and the whole world is, is after your company and as a CEO, you've got to step up and decide how to deal with it. And, and you get sometimes you get lost in that fog of war 
or, or whatever. And like you mentioned, once you start, you, you, if you make a mistake, it can start compounding. But I, I love these self-accountability principles too, because sitting down, you know, so many companies will get into blame games. I've seen companies that have reached a point where they're just doing emails and keeping documentation about how it wasn't my fault in case that it comes up. And you just, you just end up with these blame game corporations. Uh, and so it translates really well into business and and how things do you know the one thing i've always been amazed at i mean we've had uh we've had great instructors from west point on the show uh and and military uh from across the the thing i'm, I'm always so uh amazed uh at how great our military is at building leadership structure teaching leaders uh you know you see the failure of leadership in the ukraine ukraine and russia war and how their tiers of leadership work in their military in uh russia and you see the difference it makes in the battlefield. And so I, I just, I, I think more people need to realize that people in our military have really been trained for leaders, uh, leadership, and, and they're used to working with very expensive equipment too and taking care of it. And, and people should really, uh, they should be really moved into more management position, leadership positions in my mind, I think. Well, you're tested a lot. So you go out mm -hmm. there in combat and in training and, uh, you know, you get a chance to, to test yourself and test your theories and they don't always work. And so mm -hmm. you have to go back to the drawing board and refine it. I think one aspect of this book is decision-making is universal. We all, you know, we're, we're all reliant and uh, how successful we are dependent on the decisions that we make. And I don't know about you, but I was never taught a decision-making framework <laughs> until I joined, uh, joined the Air Force and became a fighter pot. And I think there's a lot of similarities in what I do with what people are doing in the business world in that when I'm flying, I'm in charge of this piece of equipment. And, you know, we really call it, we're strapping the jet on our back because you really become one with the F-16 or the F-35. It feels like you're in this floating seat and you can go wherever you want. And it allows me to be, I can fly a hundred times faster than I could run. I can carry a hundred times more. I can see out to the horizon. I can be thousands of times more capable than I could be just on my own. And I think we're all experiencing that. So the phone you have in your pocket, the computer you have, your car you have, it all allows you to uh, to be able to have more leverage to the decisions you're making. One example in the book is the average human only burns 90 watts of electricity, and yet we consume 12,000 watts. That Holy energy crap. goes to the technology that's leveraging the decisions we're making. So there's never been a time in history where decisions are more impactful and important than now, especially with the rise of AI. So there are uh, reports out of Silicon Valley now that the next billion dollar company will be run by three or fewer people, which is crazy. Wow. I mean, just a yeah. hundred years ago, that would have required a hundred thousand people. A few years ago would have required thousands. Now three people will be in charge of a billion dollar company. Each of those, uh, founders, uh, decisions will be extremely highly leveraged by AI. So I think there's a lot of similarities out there. Yeah, craziness. We just had an earlier uh, interview on the show today uh, of someone that uh, they're in the medical field that they've been in for a while. They created an AI system where it's going to sh hopefully shorten the time that it takes to develop drugs to help people with, you know, whatever their ailments are, prescription drugs, and uh, maybe make things cheaper. So uh, some real great real That's life amazing. applications there. So uh, I know we had to reschedule because you're a new father for a second time. Congratulations on that. Thank uh, you. How well does the lessons from the Air Force, the book, and everything you talk about clear thinking handle with you know losing sleep and toddlers and juggling the 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 things of fatherhood? 
so this is number two, so it's not nearly, you know, as as life-changing as the first one. But you know what? I think a lot of the principles apply. So you're trying to make decisions. Actually, the book really was was uh, popular on Father's Day. And and if you think about it, you know, you're kind of in the fog of war right there. You're making tough decisions. There's people's lives on the line. So it's uh you know, just making good decisions, being able to take care of yourself, being able to take care of others. I think it's all kind of in the theme of the book. So, uh, you know, it's been great. Having kids is is amazing. They're, you know, definitely, uh, it's amazing what they can get into and it's amazing what they can uh, teach you as well. It's probably like flying at nine G's sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you're, you're pushed to the limit. There you go. Well, congratulations and congratulations on the success of the new book. Uh, I loved it. I highly recommend it, everybody. Give us any final thoughts you want as we go out, sir. No, this is great. Really appreciate what you're doing. Um, and uh, and take care. Stay safe. There you go. Uh, thanks for tuning in uh, to my audience. Uh, order up the book wherever fine books are sold. And thanks, Hazard, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. There you go. The Art of Clear Thinking, a stealth fighter Pilots, Timeless Rules for Making Tough Decisions, available March 23rd, 2033. I love this book. I ate it up. Like I said, I I, I think I listened like three or four hours at the gym when I was at the gym, and, and I just burned through the book, but it kept me on the edge of my seat like a lot of the times, and of course, the lessons I learned. Uh, thanks, my audience, for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. And that should have us out.